Welcome to NBNR, the authority on unfiltered opinions and authentic player insight for Nebraska athletics. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and at nbnrpodcast.com. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Hunter. He's a junkyard dog. Hey, Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad. You went to go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, <laughs> gone it, Muhammad. GBR. Go Big Red Indeed, No Block, No Rock, Season 2, Episode 44. We are 39 days away from kickoff in Ireland. 39. And I just want to note, that's the first time Jared has ever listened to the intro and then said, Go Big Red Indeed, because we're (laughs) we're testing out the live show uh, gig right now. You You, you timed it fantastic. Absolutely. We actually have people staring (laughs) at us. How many people are staring at us right now? Like, I would like guess a solid like somewhere between four and five hundred. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's take two for, zeros off that. For please. those of you listening, I promise that's accurate. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's like I could see my wife staring at me, and I know that like she's gonna yell at me, but like she can't. So it's, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> you can just say anything you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> this is my platform. Literally, we're on a platform <laughs> with a lot of holes in it. <laughs> yeah, might it's die. Okay. We might die. It's okay, Connor. It's a very slight maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's do some house cleaning here. We are in the Nebraska Brewing Company tap room, 108th and Harrison in Lavissa, Nebraska. When you come to this tap room, go get Mike's beer. What is he drinking right now? Oh, I'm drinking the Nebraska Brewing Company EOS. It is the Hefeweizen. It's got that banana taste to it. We actually have some family in Germany right now, and he said he's drinking all the Hefs right now. So. Um, in respect to somebody chilling out in Germany, I figured I'll get a German beer. There you so. go. I, I love that after we just said we're in the NBC tap room, you specified that it's the Nebraska Brewing hey, Company EOS. It's a paid sponsor, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we get paid? Yeah. yeah How much? Well, you're what, not, am I, what am I missing here? You're not yeah. getting paid. Well, you're not getting paid. <laughs> That's Dude, fine. I don't, I don't care. You're I don't right? do this for the money. <laughs> I do this because I love it. And, and, the, and the TikTok fame. The beer's pretty cool, Yeah, too. the TikTok fame is a big one. God, you guys suck. <laughs> Speaking of beer, um, Kyle, before you take, oh, hold on, let him, let him oh, take a sip. Yeah, let him yeah. take a sip. Hold up. Yeah, let it fester. Oh, let him let him savor it. All right, go ahead. What you drinking? What you drinking? <laughs> I've got the taco ve- the taco veza now. Say I have right. to say it. All right, Ta- taco veza. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, I had the uh, the shake and bake along with Jared earlier, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, switched it up a little bit. You know, keep it light. You get too many of these things in you. I, I start slurring my words a little bit on the uh, on the old podcast. So. It's it's a deadly beer because it's so light you can just you can crush it and then you don't realize that you've gone too far until you're already there. Yeah, the thing yeah. That, the thing that you have to do on a podcast kind of fucks it up. Yeah, you know the whole yeah. talking kind of thing of the. And yeah. I don't want to say I have to. I mean, it's a privilege to be able to drink this delicious beer. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't want to have to call Carly and come pick you up. <laughs> yeah, the so walk you... of shame out to my wife's car because I drank too much on the podcast. No block, no rock. Sponsored by Uber. Yeah. <laughs> no Just kidding. No free spot. No free plugs. No free yeah. plugs. Is anyone gonna ask what I'm? What Jerry you... drinking? Jerry. Okay. Drinking. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, I'm drinking the classic NBC Pilsner. Oh my man, Connor. What do you do? You have oh. a nickname for this thing? Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> to put it lightly. Listen, when I when I drink it, it's pretty close to heaven. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. close. Like I'm floating on clouds right now. 
Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I don't want to shock anybody that if you've been listening to the podcast, I think you know my answer. I am also drinking the Pilsner. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to wait for anyone to ask me because I'm not Jared. The TikTok king really needs <laughs> to be still, catered to. Are we still doing that? Absolutely we are. <laughs> it's not going to end anytime soon either. I'm just, no. Get it all out of your system, guys. Okay, let's get out of our system. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> No Block No Rock has a TikTok. For those of you who also don't know... No, no block, no talk. <laughs> Jared's face is on a green screen for our TikToks. So it's, it's pretty good. It's like, magical, really. Yeah, you need to just... He's just, nothing short of an American hero. Yeah, so he's he's TikTok famous. No big deal. I think a few people in our audience liked some of our TikTok videos. Yeah. I mean, if they're here, I'd imagine. I would, yeah. oh, well, yeah. the four to 500 people that are watching right now, you know? Yeah, yeah I would imagine at least 375 have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, the, the latest video that I, I pushed out there. No, I, I don't want to say garnered controversy. That's a little too much. We're not that big yet. But, uh, you know, it, it involved Adrian Martinez, a certain quarterback that we all know, and uh, how things didn't go 100% good. It, it sparked clutch conversation. Moments. It sparked conversation. It sparked conversation. That's all we can do is, hey, we, we put things out there. We ask questions. However you want to respond to it, that's that's your yeah. business. That's all we do is talk. So that's what we want. Hey, God I just damn. throw it out there, and however you react is how you react. I can't control that. However you feel doesn't change what the facts are, right? Right. So. Okay, let's get this thing started. Fan day is July 26th. And my main question is, Kyle, I know you're going, but how many people are you going to bother? <laughs> uh, so the, 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 the joke behind that is, I, it's like a family tradition of mine. My grandma paints a portrait of, you know, the favorite player of the year or whatever. And we used to go to Fan Day and get the painting signed every year at Fan Day. So that's kind of where that comes from. But no, mm-hmm. th- those those paintings are, uh, the, my grandma's retired uh, from, from painting. So nope, Kyle won't be there bothering anybody this year. Aww. That's too bad. I yeah. mean, I'm sure there's some paintings out there that need to be signed still, but yeah, there just are. waiting to be signed. Yeah, and one day with this platform, I will squeeze my way in to, to, to bribing somebody to sign a painting. So A painting of you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sign this. I've already signed it, so <laughs> not weird. Have you guys, besides Kyle, because we know he that's like a family tradition, yeah. have, have you guys ever been to Fan Day? I've I, only gone with my brother and nephew. Okay. That's it. I went when I was a lot younger, but I, I don't know that I've been since. And to be honest, I don't really have a ton of interest in going. I don't want them to beat me up for all the things I say about them. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you're that guy on that yeah. shitty podcast. Especially like 13-year-old Connor. Like that is the most punchable human I've ever met. Dude, even 27-year-old Connor incredibly punchable. 13? I'm surprised you guys haven't reached across this table already. No, that's why we have we have two. Yeah. <laughs> two I keep now. you at arm's, rank, or arm's length there. <laughs> Where do we get our beer if we've got a restraining order? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have to be we have to exercise caution. Yeah, right. Okay, let's get into Richie Incognito. Low key, oh. low key. You know, I'm not going to say he's my favorite player. That's how we start. <laughs> let's, just, let's just dive in. All right. So he is officially retired, and this is kind of brought up, you know, past transgressions that he has done, and uh, fans saying that. He shouldn't be celebrated for some of the shenanigans that he pulled, both on the field and off the field as well. Um, guys, just your your general takeaway from Richie Incognito at large. I and, and I don't mean by the law because because he just, is large. I no, he's in trouble criminally. Well, that too. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I want to be very clear that I think Richie Incognito. 
um, coming out of Nebraska is arguably like one of the coolest players ever, uh, but he should in no way be viewed as a role model. I think he's cool in the sense that just like he did whatever the fuck he wanted at any given time, and yeah. that's very cool. Uh, but then there was also like you know I, I think we all know what incident I was getting ready to refer to. Yeah. This... Uh, yeah. Well, no, the, say yeah. it, say it, say it. Uh, the the whole funeral thing. Jonathan Martin thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There were yeah. a lot of things that he did that were like pretty goddamn wrong. Yeah. Um, why? Why did he? Why did he do that? Why, like, why do you do? When he comes, I, I think he, he was a dolphin at the time. Yep. When it came out, that it was like, oh, he was like, you know, hosting team meetings at strip clubs. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, hey, that's, I, I that's building not, team yeah, chemistry. He's not a role model. I want to be very <laughs> clear. He's not a role model. Nor did not he ever say you. Not no, for you. But there's like 10% of me that was like, damn, this guy was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Nor did he ever claim to be a... No, yeah, model. and he, you was, know, that's he was not pretty his, open about that. That's not his job. He was pretty open about that, you know? Well, he was a mean motherfucker, and yeah. he was a mean motherfucker in college all the way through the NFL, and I think he he finished on top as still a just a mean, bad motherfucker, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he has that on his business cards. Yeah, mean, <laughs> mean bad motherfucker. <laughs> Retired mean, bad motherfucker yeah. now. That's right. He's got to get a new set. Vistaprint, yeah. sponsor him. You hear about the things that he's done, you know, his family stuff. And you'll see him in like a, a sit down interview. Like I, I saw one recently when he was with Colin Coward. You know, he, he's just, he, he's a sociopath. For sure. Like he's, you know, he's very articulate and he's very, you know, fact, fact, fact. And he's like cold about it. And you can just tell you put that dude on the field and it's just like beep, 180. Your head is coming off. I don't care if I get a penalty. I don't care if I get suspended. Your head is mine. Well, and you said it too. Like you wish you had a line full of Richie Incognito. It's like, yeah, I think honestly, we would be dude. really good. Yeah, <laughs> that was a dude that was out there. Like obviously he's out there to win games. Yeah, but that was a dude that every every play was going to kill the man across from him. Yeah, uh, for better or for worse. <laughs> on the field. Yes, that's, on that's the all field. We're, that's all we're celebrating. Well, yeah, okay? we're, we're not referencing anything else. Nope. Yeah. Nope. We we acknowledge the. He was a jackass. Yeah, sure. Both on the field and off it, but we recognize the jackass and celebrate the jackass that was on the field. And that's it. Yep. Okay. I agree. Next thing that we want to talk about is media days coming up. Now, the three guys that have been announced are Quentin Newsom, Garrett Nelson, and Travis Vokalek, all going to Indy to represent Nebraska. You know, I think of Quentin Newsom and I think of a future NFL guy, yeah. in my opinion. He's, you know, athletic as all get out. Very good player. Garrett Nelson is Garrett Nelson. What yep. else What else can you say? I, right. I think you hit it on the nose there. The, the dude is very passionate about Nebraska football. Dude yeah. is Nebraska football. He is Nebraska football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Travis Volk, okay, so the interesting thing about Travis Volkelek is he is a transfer from another Big Ten program. Rutgers. Exactly. And so I'm just kind of thinking of, you know, what could the positives be with that? Like, you know, you can kind of, Compare Rutgers and Nebraska. Oh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> a sad day when we have to I say mean, that. I think they still won more games than us last year. So. Greg Schiano is a pretty good coach. Yeah. But yeah. I just think it's interesting. You know, we have a player that transferred from a fellow Big Ten program that's going to represent Nebraska. Um, so takeaways from these three guys going there. There was some hubbub about fans questioning Casey Thompson going or not going. Yeah. So just your thoughts in general, guys. My thoughts in general, just Quentin Newsom, 
it kind of just came out of left field a little bit for me, at least personally, because, I mean, he's been a solid player every time, especially against, like, Oklahoma last year. Yeah. Um, against, against the big guys, right, like Ohio State, Michigan, like, he held his own, and he was targeted pretty heavily last year. Mm-hmm. And so he's been a solid player, but you don't necessarily see him You're as, about the, him really as the face of Nebraska football. Right. So when they announced that he was going to be out there, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, he must be doing a lot of work inside the building and not so much, you know, doing all the talk on the outside. So, yeah, that's like his recognition kind of for all yeah. the work he's put in, right? Well, yeah. and if you're a DB, like if, if your name's not being called, that's a good thing. So, like, I think yeah. that, that speaks to how well he's played. And I said last year, like all year, I was like, Quentin Newsom's our best defensive back. He was better than Cam Taylor Britt. And so I think he's the next wave. You had Lamar yeah. Jackson get drafted and then, or well, he didn't get drafted, but you had him go to the NFL, then you have CTB get drafted. And now Quentin Newsom's the next guy. So next man up. Let's touch on that Casey Thompson thing, though. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, the reason that Casey Thompson isn't going to Big Ten Media Days is because... His thumb. <laughs> yeah, no, so his, his thumb stops him from getting on a plane and going to in- Indianapolis. Yeah. Right. He can't hold the microphone or sit at a table and talk. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's Scott Frost not trying to show his hand on the starting quarterback, but, I mean, if, if Casey Thompson is not your starting quarterback, is that, like, concerning? I I would certainly say so. I mean, with the effort that we went to go through to get Casey uh, and him coming here, again, we've, we've talked a million times about, you know, he led the Big 12 in passing yards and in touchdowns, I believe. Um, it's one of those things that I, I – Chubba Purdy's a very talented quarterback. I'm not going to say he's not. We, again, we, we've seen very little of him. Right. But to, to say he's not talented I think is an absolutely insane statement. But I, like you said, I, I think not sending a quarterback right now – is keeping that competition open and keeping that drive for those two guys because I think it really is between only those two. Um, and keeping that drive, so I was like, you got to earn this until we get, until we have to name a quarterback. Yeah. And Mike, you're asking if Chuba is the starter over Casey, if that would be concerning. Not if Chuba's better yeah, well, than I don't, Casey. <laughs> I don't give a shit who yeah. the quarterback is. And like, okay, so one of the quotes that kind of made the rounds last week was Chuba saying that he hopes that it's a fair competition. Oh, are, are we making too, the media kind of touched on it on the radio and all that. We too are much? the media. We're yeah, not we the, media. the media. That's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> We're Ave media. <laughs> so like, do you have any like thoughts about Chubba kind of not, I don't want to say questioning if it's a, a fair competition, but he did say those words. And I, I realize that players say things. They're not freaking philosophers. Right. So, like, did you take anything away from him saying he wants it to be a fair competition? Well, I guess going into that, it's what we've heard the last, we'll say, month. Even when we had Travis Justice on. I mean, he's like, are you sure, are Casey? You sure? Are you sure Casey's going to be the starting quarterback? Mm-hmm. And then we're hearing that, you know, Chubba's putting in work in the offseason and Casey's nursing a thumb. So, I don't know. I mean, it could there could be smoke, but I I would still – bet my money and I'm not a betting guy, but it's like, if I'm going to bet my money, it's going to be that Casey Thompson's the starting quarterback for Nebraska next year. But sure. I mean, it's concerning if he's not like you transferred from Texas, you led the big 12 in passing and you're going to sit behind a guy who played one game at Florida state. So right. that's concerning. That's concerning. Yeah. Yeah. Unless he's that much one. better. Exactly. And again, yeah. I think we really haven't seen that much from Shaba yet. So right. immediately, yes, it would be concerning to see Chaba come in above Casey Again, we're talking about his thumb injury, and you know that can certainly be a factor. But I, I hate to be the guy that's going to sit here and drink the Kool Aid. Um, but I do, I trust this coaching staff that we have right now 
to make the appropriate decision. If we get to that point and they decide Chuba is going to be our guy, Chuba's going to be our guy. Sorry. I, I, I'm going to yeah. stand behind whoever is going to be taking that first snap no matter what. I don't trust this 15 <laughs> no. and 29 coaching staff. Hold is on. No, no. no. Well, well look, I mean, this is not a 15 and 29 coaching listen, staff. Listen, I remember that we changed a lot around the head guy. I, I, that's my mistake. Yeah. My mistake. <laughs> I don't know. All, all I'm going to say on the topic is if, if I hear pitch count at the start of fall oh, camp. That's, that's bad. Bad news. Bad news. Yeah. Oh, we've already heard that, though. I know, I know. It's... I think that was the point. I know. <laughs> I'm okay. No controversy at quarterback at all. Nope. None. Moving on. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. It's perfect. It's fine. It's perfect. But if you think about it, I don't want to. Chubbo was getting recruited hard by Mark Whipple before he, he came to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Then Mark Whipple comes to Nebraska, and Chubbo Purdy ends up at Nebraska. So it's like that relationship they have. But then you so have, to you that... have Whipple going out and saying, "Casey's the guy." Right, well, with his so, with his socks on. To that point, the, <laughs> no shoes. <laughs> the the Whipple and Chuba relationship, right there, tells me why is Purdy now making comments about I hope it's a fair competition. Mm-hmm. If he thinks that relationship is a pro for him because he was being recruited by Whipple before, where is this disconnect where he well, Pur- Purdy might think it's not a fair competition? That that's my big question. I think some people would say. That we're making too much of the quote, then. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. we probably that's, are. That's probably fair. Yeah, right. and some people might be right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we do. Right? <laughs> we blow little things we up. We right? wouldn't have a show if we didn't. <laughs> right. And we wouldn't have all these people here. All the four hundred people. All oh, of the people. I, Cheers. I think, I think we're up around like eight hundred now. <laughs> the room, the, the whole building is packed. They're they're stacked. God, they're the bumping corner. in. I can't even talk in the mic. Come on, Brett. Please keep it down, big boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's talk about special teams and Bill Bush going on Sports Nightly. And he, he talked a little bit more about incoming transfer kicker Timmy Bleak Road. I hate, I hate that name, by the way. Bleak Road. Timmy. I kind of like Timmy. it. Timmy. 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 Yeah, I, I kind of like it. I want, I want like Timmy that? hitting me field goals from deep all season. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Some merch coming with that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So speaking of from deep, I guess. Um. <laughs> So he he was nine for nine, beauty at Furman inside the forty. Woo! Hey, Let's go. You got to start somewhere, baby. Yeah. I will take it. I will take it. I mean, what was our our field goal no, percentage know. been over the last few seasons? Yeah. Been, where's where's the floor? Is there whatever a, is above uh, that? Yeah. I'll take. Is there a nice way to say dog shit? <laughs> so like I, you're nine for nine within forty. I'll take it. Yeah. I'm not gonna complain about that. Yeah. No, but you're not wrong. Let's put our shoes back on from 2021. <laughs> yeah, Mark Whipple. <laughs> we have, yeah, Mark fucking Whipple. All right. We have, we had the Big Ten kicker of the year, right? And uh, guess what? Well, 2020, 2021 came around and, and, and then football was played. Yeah. And then the football missed the <laughs> goalpost again and again and again and again. So I don't give a shit what Timmy says or does at Furman to me until he starts doing shit at Nebraska. I don't, I don't give a shit. Well, so let's just get a little bit more into what Bill Bush said specifically about. Timmy, he said, you know, he was a, he's a very good soccer player and all of his coaches back to his high school coach said he had a very steady demeanor and that quote, nothing rattles him. Okay. Now, okay. I read that quote and I think, do you guys remember Connor Culp's face? Yes. After he missed, I don't remember the specific field goal, but it was like that dude, I legit felt sorry and bad for him. I, no, I'm not even I like Mike, you're so- laughing, but dude, I was looking at him and I go, 
like as a human being, not not a football player. Oh yeah. Like this dude is in over his head right now. There's fans in the stands. I thought his soul left his body. I thought he was yeah. just dead. I uh, like the the pain in those eyes. Yeah, and clearly rattled, right? Yeah. And so I, I read that and I go, I I hope to God that <laughs> you know he's gonna be kicking in front of eighty plus thousand mm-hmm. and you know Culp was great with empty stands and he won Big Ten kicker of the year. And Mike, you've said yourself that he did miss a few kicks that cost us games that cost us games yes right a few is a nice way to say it yeah no we're talking <laughs> even the 2020 the covid oh, season yeah oh when during the, yeah during that season yeah still. the kicks that he missed were the game the kicks that game cost winners, us games yeah. and then yeah. he somehow wins big 10 kicker of the year and everybody's hyping about him and i said going into last year i said i'm not i'm not on his jock like everybody else is i got i think the kicks he missed were important last year and then you fill a stadium and guess what he missed a lot of kicks <sighs> yeah i mean you look at the percentages from that covid year and like they were I mean, they were probably the best in the Big Ten or whatever. But yeah, you you get fans in there, and it, it changes things. Okay, and a a narrative that I hear a lot right now is with Bleak Road coming in and Boom Sheeny, mm-hmm. they're both coming in from those FCS programs, and a lot of people have said, "Look, it's the same ball, okay? Yeah, it should translate smoothly." Yeah, the environments are the environments are one hundred and eighty percent different. Yeah, one hundred eighty percent, not three sixty because that'd be the same thing. Okay, because you're going back around the full weight. Right, full weight. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. But but yeah, I think of Colt and I think of empty stands, great. No, there was people in the stands. Uh, cardboard, cardboard, right. Yeah, cardboard cutouts of me. <laughs> yeah, uh, they were waving their hands going, Woo. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, Colt is the perfect example of you go from a different environment to another freaking hostile or even not even hostile, like a home crowd of red clad. MFers that want to win games, okay? We're not effing around. Yeah. And so don't miss a kick because you're going to get the boo birds yeah. coming out. And I, I think you almost get really spotlighted as a kicker, especially with, oh you know, the, the special teams woes that we faced recently. The spotlight's on you. And coming from Furman, going into uh, into Nebraska, I mean, not that it's a direct comparison, but you're not going to send a kid from like Midlands here in Nebraska and send him into fucking Death Valley. Right. Like it's an incredibly yeah. different environment. And I understand, you know, that coach saying, you know, he can't be rattled. But until you experience that environment, you don't know that. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it's so funny that you mentioned like the spotlight, especially after all of our woes on special teams. Think back to Northwestern last year, the 80 yard punt, the cheer. The crowd went nuts Absolutely after that. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Went nuts because we haven't seen it. We, it, we, we, we've sucked so bad on special teams that the, the best thing that could happen is somebody bombs at 80 yards. Is like, it yeah. weird that I root more for our special teams than I do uh, just our regular offense? Yeah. Listen, Are you wearing black and gold? Like, yeah. <laughs> you look like it. Right. <laughs> well, that's the caveat to this year as well, right? Not only are they changing environments, but more than ever, fans are paying attention to special teams. More than ever. Yeah. Well, okay, more than five years ago. Like, we are looking at each kicker and punter and going, do your job. Yeah. Where before, you know, they could, get, they were probably good at their job, so they could get away with it, and fans didn't really think twice about it. But now it's like, okay, All eyes help us on win. you. Yep. You're, you're on an island, right? You're standing out there. The snap's coming. You better be ready to kick that sucker through the uprights, or you're going to get booed. Yep. Right. Well, and you Nebraska's know? been so spoiled for – years and years and years of just spectacular special teams and specialists here that I feel like they just didn't give a shit. Like they just knew the kick was going to go in. They knew the punts were going to be fine. And then like (laughs) since Mike Riley, it's just been 
absolute hell and dog shit for. Well, even if you look at like Bruce Reed's, you know, when he led the special teams, like the the whole metrics, like they weren't. I think he might have been like top fifty one year, and people gave him shit for it. And it's like we talk about Bo Pelini too, and you know how we took that for granted. We took Bruce Reed for granted. We're hoping for <laughs> we want Bill Bush to be Bruce Reed, mm-hmm. basically this year. Like, just don't top, fuck up. Top 50, right? <laughs> top 50 would be great for me. Oh. Here's a thought. Don't give points to the other team every possible way man- imaginable. Punt it that way. Yep. I'm pointing forward, yep. not backward. Okay? All right. Yeah, low, low ceiling, low bar there. Okay. Mike really, 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 really wants to talk about this. <laughs> oh. it, was, it was just announced today that media availability in the middle of the season is going to be limited to Head coach Scott Frost, Whipple, and Chins, the best coach on the staff. Um, no position coaches, so no Bill Bush, no Mickey Joseph. Thoughts, overreaction, care, don't care, go. I care. Okay, okay so have you guys ever seen like Meet the Fockers, Meet the Parents, all that shit? You have the circle of trust, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you have Scott Frost, and he's like, okay, the only people I can trust are my offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. But you have Mickey Joseph, who has associate head coach next to his name, and he can't speak to the media. Is that not concerning to you? It's a bit odd to me. I, it seems like a very relevant guy to have in those press conferences, yeah. in those interviews. It, it seems incredibly relevant to have him there. I mean, he's uh, directing recruiting at the moment, correct? Yeah. yeah. He is our associate head coach. Why is this guy, who is an instrumental part of the team, being silenced? Yeah. What, what, what is with that? that that's weird. I think that's going to be – that'll be the main thing that I miss, right? If, when we had Mitch Sherman on, what did he say about Mickey Joseph? He's very upfront. He's very frank. Doesn't pull punches. Honest. And whether we're having a good season or a bad one, I wanna, I'm want i going to miss hearing Mickey Joseph talk. And his opinion of yeah. the current state of his room. Yeah, because I, yeah. I feel like he's he's going to be honest and, hey, this guy didn't do very well. That's why he didn't play or et cetera. He, he didn't block, so he didn't get the freaking rock, right, et cetera. So, I mean, <laughs> I just don't – I don't really care. I know that – I know a lot of people are going to make a big deal of it. I just don't really care. Just nose to the grindstone, dude. Do your job. What, no matter what we hear during the season anyway, what are we going to say? It's all about the field results. I don't care what you say, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Your talk's big. I don't care about it. Just do the on-field stuff. Yeah. Like, and that's, right? so that's of, what I'm going to say anyway. That's kind of my take on it is the media availability to those coaches. The In the past, it's always been people kind of criticizing like, well, why is this person saying this? And why is that person saying this? And that's been this year, this offseason especially. Why is Mark saying that Casey's the starter? And why is Scott Frost saying they don't have a starter? Like it's always just this big commotion or whatever. And my biggest takeaway is just that Give us the three most important coaches, offense, defense, and the head coach, and streamline communication. The rest of them, just focus on your job. That's all I want. I disagree. I mean, we just hired a special teams coordinator finally. What has cost us games for the last four years under Scott Frost? Special teams. And what are Nebraska fans most concerned about right now? Well, they should be well, concerned about the offensive line. Sure. But, um, <laughs> but special but, teams, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the, again, the spotlight is on special teams. So why are we not going to be able to hear directly from – like our special teams coach. Scott like, Frost has not proven in the past that he takes special teams seriously. So if you don't get to hear for, about special teams in any of the pressers for the entire season, 
Does that tell you that he's still taking special teams serious? It'll continue that narrative that he doesn't give a shit about it. Yeah. And he's not prioritizing it. That's I mean, what I'm that, saying. That'll, especially if things don't go well. But you know, if things do go well, and Timmy makes 40-yard kicks consistently, we're not going to be talking about it, right? We're gonna, good. What, what would Bill Bush say if he was making kicks? He kicked ball good. But, yeah. Cool. So, Next. Like, I, if, if he's not doing good, we're going to want to hear stuff. But no matter what he says, we're going to say, shut up. Get someone better in there then. Right? So That's, my issue is, like, what, let's say Timmy succeeds. Uh, and obviously, I think all of us at this table are praying that he does succeed. Well, fuck. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, it's a low bar. <laughs> it's a low bar. But let's say he succeeds, and you know we don't really hear much about it. What is that going to do for special teams recruiting as we look for better and better kickers? As they recognize that they're not as valued as a lot of these other players, because they're not being talked about. They're not talking about the success that special teams is having. I think that can become, while maybe minor, I think it certainly can be an aspect to you know recruits in the future that is like, you know, it doesn't matter how well I play. If, as long as I do my job, they're just not going to say anything about me. I mean, look, the thing is, too, is we want Scott Frost to be a CEO, right? I don't know how your business dealings here at Nebraska Brewing Company go, but I highly doubt the managers are going to these huge meetings and things like that. They want to hear from the people that are – they want to hear from the CEO. They don't want to hear from the managers and the people down below. And the they Connors. Don't, and they, I want Connor but, to stop. But again – they, they want the CEO, right? So, so in my opinion, it's – Everything is reporting up to Scott Frost. So if you have questions, he should know the answer. That's You don't need 15 different people talking to the media. And like, so I, I understand that point. But at, like in my opinion, I would call, you know, from the CEO standpoint, Mickey Joseph is our, our vice president. Yeah. Why the hell is he not involved in this? Yeah. I mean. Associate head coach next to his name. Why is he not being involved? But That's I mean, what's weird. The trust. associate head coach. Circle of trust. The associate head coach title, we talked about it with Mitch Sherman. It's just so we can get more money. That, well, hey, if I, I, I get it. But, like, you know, with those words next to your name, I feel like it's incredibly relevant. Like, if you're going to have head coach and the two big coordinators, have your associate head coach there, too. I I'm, think that's a very fair thing to ask for. I'm going to galaxy brain this. Oh, okay. Do it. Do it. <clears throat> Hold on. Let me. <laughs> Maybe Trev Alberts anticipates the season won't go well. And maybe if if Mickey Joseph is out front and they're losing games, fans are going to associate the losing with Mickey Joseph. Oh, and ma look, okay, no, look, I, I it's like a conspiracy. I like it's a conspiracy. This is Infowars now. <laughs> they're <laughs> turning the front anyway. <laughs> Let's flip that though on the other side. <laughs> good, good hold on that one. <laughs> so Scott Frost isn't letting Mickey Joseph talk. Is that because he doesn't trust him? Like, does no. he know, like, hey, I know Mickey's on the staff regardless Who's, of if I, if I succeed, Mickey's still going to be here. Like, you know, like, we're not, he's not stupid. Scott Frost isn't stupid. If we all know that Mickey has a spot on this staff regardless of what happens to Scott Frost, right? do you think that that adds a little animosity towards that? Like, hey, I don't really yeah. like Scott Frost. Or, I mean, I don't, I don't really like Mickey Joseph because he got special treatment. Yeah, well, guess what? You're in this position because you, you fucking sucked, right? You sucked up until this point. Yeah. yeah. What, I, I don't what, think, wrote, what, what? Grounds do you have I to question know. anything that I do? Yeah, Nothing. I don't. I don't Scott. think Frost has a, a foot to stand on if that's the argument. It's but like, oh, I mean, but it's, it's a it's a yeah. valid concern. Yeah, I just and trust amongst the staff. Of course it is. Of course, but where you you have no basis to question anything I do, Scott. Just win games. Yeah. Get, get out of my office. <laughs> go back on the field. Hire some more coaches. You know, work work off of the the facility. You know, do what you have to do to win. I mean, this is what we do, right? We break things down to conspiracies and all this other stuff. I literally think it's just 
focus on your job. Let me handle the media. That's it. That's fine. And if, if he is finally embracing the role of CEO, I like, I like the path of three forms of communication and they're all on the same wavelength and you're good. Right. But, but that means that him and Whipple, Whipple have to be on the same wavelength too because, right. because and that's, in the spring it, they were not. It was you yeah. know, Scott saying, hey, there's no quarterback competition. You know, Scott saying there's competition and Whipple's like, no, Casey's our guy. So it's like they got to be on the same wavelength. Maybe this can segue to the Frost-Whipple dyna- dynamic. We've already seen how it can be, I don't want to say frayed, but a little inconsistent in their messaging, right? A little yeah. disconnected. On the talk ticks. I posted a video asking fans. The TikTok king. The TikTok king. Bow down. (laughs) (laughs) He's wearing a crown right now, for those of you that can't see him. Burger king crown, bro. We asked him not to, and he demanded (laughs) that he could wear it. (laughs) You don't tell me. Okay, so I posted a video on there asking fans, if there's a questionable play call, it doesn't need to be one uh, particular play, the fourth and one shotgun running back tripping over his feet not that one any play that is questionable throughout the year and you don't win the game you ask frost hey uh, so what was uh, oh scott thanks for doing this because you have to say that before every question yep what was the logic behind calling that particular play in that instance and if scott frost says whipple is the one that calls the plays now you ask him how are fans going to react are they going to say Damn it, Frost. You're the CEO now. You're supposed to know every inkling of your team. This is your team. You came back here. You're supposed to own this shit. So answer the question. Or are fans going to say, you know, that's a good point. Because we asked Scott Frost to give the reins over and trust someone else with the offense. So where are fans going to, you know, react and stand on that if he gives an answer? So I think it's another interesting Whipple-Frost dynamic going forward. I compare it to... You know, we've got four years of proof that eh, maybe, maybe Scott Frost isn't ready for the Big Ten. Okay, we've got four years of proof of that. Fifteen and twenty-nine. We have to say it at least once it every episode. At least once. That might be the third time. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say it again. Fifteen and, you'll and get twenty-nine. It three times more. Yeah. After mm-hmm. after four years, right? And we sit in the fans. The majority says, "Nope, bring them back." Anyway. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle was actually the one that okay. said that. I know. That's, I know. That, that's look, look no. I'm one of them. But yeah, he, yeah. it's it's ultimately if you have another losing season next year, all you can say to those people are, "This is what you asked for. You had four years of proof. You wanted him back. You got more of that proof." So the same thing goes for the Mark Whipple and Frost situation that you're talking about. Is if something goes wrong and he gets asked, and people are like. Why didn't Scott Frost jump in? Well, it's because you asked for him to step back and let Mark Whipple handle things. Like, what? This is what you this asked for. What you asked for. What more do you want? Right? Yeah. I, I think some fans will react that way. I can't agree more. Yeah. Well, and okay. Mark Whipple is a guy that has had a long career as a play caller. He's been in college. He's been in all ranks in college. He's been in the NFL. Unlike most of the guys that have been on, on under Frost since he's got here. If Whipple makes a call and it doesn't work, I'm okay with that though. Like I'm not I'm not mad at Scott Frost because the play didn't work because he is letting Whipple call the plays. If if Scott oversteps his boundary and says, No, we're running this play, we're running out of the shotgun on the one yard line right. because that's my system. I want us to execute my system. Well, and that works, right? That's, no. <laughs> it has hey, not you, worked yet. Okay, listen, I look to be fair, earlier in that game, they did that with Ramir Johnson. And he did score. 
My argument against that is you you mitigate and you you lessen the fall amount. over. Reduce risk. <laughs> fall over. Mitigate risk. Line up under you center and fall over. by just going yeah. under center. Mike, finish your statement. But sorry. it Whipple's a, he's been in the NFL, okay? In the NFL, they actually line up under center. I know it's crazy to think about in college football, especially at Nebraska because we haven't lined up under center. But if you line up under center and you just fall over with your six-foot quarterback, six foot can get you a yard, believe it or not. I know what six inches looks like, but six foot can get you a yard. Hold you on, don't know what but, six inches looks like. Don't <laughs> lie to us. Don't lie to us. Yeah. Well, he's seen it on someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot of videos. Well, so, so just but, fall but, over. But here's the thing. I don't want you to focus on that one play. It I'm not. Be, I'm not. I'm it's, not. It's any questionable play that happens. Yeah. And, you know, my basic question is, are fans going to give Frost shit for it? Or are they going to give Whipple shit for it? I, and I think it's going to change based on how well they're doing up until that point. Like if they're five and zero, and they lose a game because of a stupid play call, I think they're going to be more willing to blame Whipple than Frost because they're five and zero. things are going okay. I think you're totally correct in saying that this is going to be a very situational thing. I think when things go bad, Frost is going to get the blame. Yes. I think when things go well, Whipple will get the credit. Yeah. Um, and this, this may point. be a good segue into another point that we, I know we talked about earlier is uh, Mike Farrell, a friend of the pod, has been a guest uh, very recently. Uh, recently ranked uh, Mark Whipple as a top five play caller in the NCAA. Mm, yeah. So I, I think it's very easy to give him credit when he succeeds and fault Frost when he when, when we don't. Scott is ultimately going to turn into a scapegoat. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's very easy to, to attribute failures to Frost and very easy to attribute success to Whipple because of, I mean, we've seen repeated success from Whipple. I mean, he took Kenny Pickett, who, and there, this is not any Kenny Pickett, you know, denigration or anything, but he broke Dan Marino's records. That's insane. Um, and so I, I think it's very easy to, uh, again, we have, and it sucks to say, but we've seen a history of failure with Frost, and mm -hmm. Whipple has consistently been successful, and I think that's really how things are going to go. Like you said, I think Frost might be used as a scapegoat yeah. if things don't go that well this season. Yeah, you, you threw out the top five coordinator, play caller was, yes. was the uh, thing. Play caller, yeah. And so, like, that was going to be my, you know, my question in general was, do you even agree with that to begin with? Is he a top five play caller and look i'm a little skeptical of that of yeah. course because yeah, that's my nature he he leaves pit you'd think that if he was the top five player caller that they'd want to hold on to him but he, he left pit i don't know i don't know the exact situation there he goes to nebraska not exactly um a top five job and so yeah i'm uh, is it recency bias you got to think with kenny pickett and jordan addison you know he, he had those playmakers hey give the ball to that guy K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid, right? Mm -hmm. Who are the playmakers here that's going to keep him in that top five play caller ranking? You know what I mean? I don't know. Who knows? People well, will say Trey Palmer. Well, back to what Mitch Sherman said when he was on here too. It's like, you know, Whipple, he's going to take the job serious, but, you know, if, if it doesn't work and Scott Frost is a scapegoat, you know, Whipple's gone and he'll just cash in his check from Nebraska and he's okay with that. Yeah. So obviously he's going to take the job serious, but it's, yeah. He knows the, the risk versus reward. You know, there's just not, there's really like zero risk of, of him coming to Nebraska because he's going to get a fat paycheck for retirement. And he knows that if, if his offense sucks, Scott Frost still gets played. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Damn it, Scott. I, and Scott's just, he's doing that John Travolta meme where he's like, 
looking around. <laughs> I I think my biggest concern with Whipple is the offense he ran at Pitt compared to I think what will reasonably work at Nebraska. God, well, in the Big you make Ten, up such a great point. Yeah, it's like is that spread pro style offense going to work in the Big Ten? That is, that is another yeah. video yeah. that I posted on the talks. Yeah, yeah, you know, King. I, I just, I, yeah, the TikTok King over here. But like that, that kind of offense doesn't really work in the Big Ten right now. And I'm, I want to very, be, I want to be very clear that I'm emphasizing the words right now. Um, we don't know how defenses might react to, you know, a more air raid style offense. Not that it's entirely like an air raid, but it, it's not sixty forty. Yeah, yeah. Right, in the Ugh. Big Ten, that's an error. That ratio, <laughs> that ratio scares the bejesus out of me. Yeah. So with that, are we all are we in favor of a of a pro style quarterback? I am. A statue in the backfield. What do you think? I don't really give a shit who plays quarterback as long as we win games. I, I, I but I mean, like, I'm more like talking about like you know the play calling. So like, are you are you running the quarterback? Are you I, just focusing him standing there? Like, what? Put I, me on record right now that I am all about going pro style quarterback and going to a passing offense. I want an offense that doesn't solely rely on its quarterback to win games. I want a traditional, eye back focused offense right you're not getting that and, whipple and here no I, listen you're not yeah well <laughs> we don't need to get more into that my thoughts because we could go forever because the quarterbacks that you get at nebraska you're not going to get those consistent elite 11 arch manning types you're not going to get those type of quarterbacks if you're in the big 10 can we please focus on the running game more and not relying on our quarterback to make throws in november etc that's my thoughts. Do you trust your O line to help you get no. those runs? Yeah. So why are we like? Well, I, I, I understand. Like all of us want a very balanced offense, but at the moment, it, does anyone at this table sit here and trust our O line to put us in positions to get those big runs done? No. Well, no. Like eighty percent of Nebraska fans do. That's that's the crazy part is that everybody's seeing all these these numbers and oh nine and three eight you know eight and four. No. Do you do you realize that? We lost a two starting linemen off of our offensive line. <laughs> we hired a guy who was the assistant offensive line coach for one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL <laughs> and who has never been a full-time <laughs> offensive line coach. The one position that we need to be our best yes. is our worst. Oh, there yeah. are so it, many it questions. Just marks. It just is. So, yeah, Connor, you ask a great question. Do we trust this offensive line to get the job done? I say no. I hope. And you say, well, that's why they should do. No, that's why they shouldn't that's have hired Mark. Wh anyway, yeah. but but that's the bigger picture thing of for me is I Frost in general. I don't think will work. Okay, that's why I don't think he should be the head coach because I don't think what he prioritizes works in this conference in particular. That's my opinion. The O line's not good this year, unfortunately. So hopefully they can get the ball to playmakers. Hopefully Trey Palmer will be a seventy catch. 1200 yard guy what yeah. are the odds though yeah if, if we get let's call it nine wins this season if we get nine wins this season will you commit right now to getting a scott frost tattoo <laughs> i will be in hell frozen with a frosted with a <laughs> with a 
crown on top. A Burger King ass crown. Will, will you commit to a Scott Frost tattoo <laughs> if we get nine wins this season? I mean, is it like his face, like with with the chaw in his mouth? Like it, you, with could, the... you could do a jersey, you could do a face. It just has to I be love identifiable. Frost on your Hashtag ass. feeling frosty. Hashtag yeah. TikTok King loves Frost. <laughs> we'll figure we'll figure out the logistics. He's not denying but... it. <laughs> we'll figure it out later. Let's get to nine first, and then we can talk about the Frost. Face on my ass. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you are. Yeah. You're committed. Listen, okay. Nine let's wins. Get there first. We're good. Yeah. Hey, that's your national championship quarterback. So it doesn't matter. It's a. It's a win-win, right? Yeah. yeah. Listen, he's a. He is a legend in his own right, just not as a coach. Mike. <laughs> Way to gloss over that. <laughs> we have just refilled our beverages, our refreshments. Did anybody get anything different? Yeah. Mike? Oh, Mike? I see Mike did. Mike. Well, I went to the... Well, this is the first time I ever got this fancy-ass glass. Yeah, it's because I don't like you. And is, that I don't really tulip? is that a tulip? Is that a tulip? Tulip. It's like a wine glass without the stem, so that's kind of cool. Uh, I got the Pog Seltzer, also known as the Pod Seltzer on the pod. It's very good. I let some people in the crowd try it out. They all thought it was very good. So, um, yeah, yeah. If, if you guys are listening or if you're in the crowd and you need a seltzer recommendation, the Pod Seltzer, a.k.a. Pog, is uh, is available behind I, the bar. I saw at least 150 people get up to go get that. As Hell soon as yeah! Look at them. The line, <laughs> Dude, the line Mike, is yeah. forming. Yeah, you guys can't hear it because Mike edited it out. All the chairs scraped against the floor <laughs> when they it got was, up. It was it. insane. Yeah, um, fellow audience member, we told him to get the no Bach, no rock beer. It is still on tap. You guys come into the tap room and get it, please. It is good, Connor. What have you done for us? Just real quick, because we got to get into our next topic, because Kyle is itching, like, itching a over here. like a leper or something over here. Tell us a little bit more about our Bach and what you've done with it. So it, it's very exciting news. Very. The No Bach, No Rock has officially been entered in the United States Beer Tasting Championship. Woo! Woo! <laughs> it is a big deal. Um, I, I honestly believe, if you have been fortunate enough to come in and try it while it's still here, I think this is a beer that's coming home with a medal. It is very well made. It's made for a great podcast, and I uh, say that while being very biased. Yeah. But it is an incredible Bach beer, very traditional style Bach, very caramely, a little bit roasty. It's incredible. Just seriously, while there's still some left, it is flying. Come get it. Yeah. We are in no position to ask for a gold. I'm happy with a bronze, bro. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm in saying? a picture with the medal. That's all, that's all I want. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's a medal for the podcast. It's not a medal for the beer. Fuck the beer. No, and a medal for <laughs> no, the, the listeners. Yeah, no, that is a medal for everybody involved. Hell with, yeah. You you could become award-winning listeners. Yeah. And that's not trademarked. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever other podcast has that, you can't fight me. <laughs> okay, Kyle wants you to shut up. We need to get into this topic. Okay, <laughs> just real quick. USC and UCLA are coming to the Big Ten. Ah, what? Kyle, you question what this can do with recruiting. A lot of people said this is a positive. You go to California, you get those players... Why is it probably not a good thing in your opinion? Yeah. So the Calabrasca movement, right? Yeah. It's coming back. It's I got my back, shirt, baby. I got my shirt. Yep. <laughs> so it's coming back, right? But I, I don't I haven't really heard anybody talking about the negative side of this. Okay. You look at Malachi Coleman, the guy could probably play anywhere he wanted to. And he's been offered by everybody. Wearing Georgia gloves in his video. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So he, Nebraska gloves. He's been offered by everybody, right? Okay, so now you get in the mind of Malachi Coleman and you say, Okay, well, I'd still like to stay kind of close to home, but I could also play for two teams that are joining the Big Ten and play Nebraska once a year 
or you know every other year, whatever the case might be, because we're the closest to the Big Ten that those guys in the West are. San right? Diego of the Big Ten. So Malachi Coleman's thinking, well, okay, I could live in California, I could play for Lincoln Riley, I could most likely win, and I could still come home and play a home game or you know an away game at Nebraska one one time a year or every other year. Like that's kind of what I'm thinking these big time recruits that are have even considered Nebraska, now they're looking at okay, well I could live in California and still play in the Big 10. So are are we looking at instead of a Calabrasca movement, are we looking at a Nebraska? Like <laughs> How long have you been waiting to use that? Yeah, you've been you've been uh, approximately on that. a minute and a half. I've just been waiting for like, that statement to okay, end. Speaking of memes, you're that meme with the, the red faced kid. Yeah, Child just my veins were sticking out of my neck. Nebraska. This is now it's in Nebraska because you made an excellent point. If if I got a chance to play in the Big Ten, and you know I had the choice to play at Nebraska and live in Nebraska year round, or I was living in L.A. And I played in the Big Ten, and incredible. Like I don't think anyone is going to sit here and say the Big Ten is not one of the best conferences in college football. Shut up, Brett. Uh, yeah, Brett. Yeah, be quiet. Iowa State fucking guy. Um, <laughs> but if I had the choice to play in that conference and live in Lincoln, Nebraska, or in L.A., why the fuck would I choose Lincoln, Nebraska? Right, you're going to be coming home once a year or every other year anyway. You're still going to be here. You'll still see your family, your friends, whatever. Why would I stay here? Okay. Let me jump into it real quick. Jump. It's very simple. Money. Ooh. L.A. Guess what L.A. has? They Money. have the Lakers. They have the Dodgers. Taxes. They have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. We got taxes, bro. Yeah. Not we LA do, We do in Nebraska. Yeah. Don't we? Focus, yeah, that's true. Focus on ourselves. California first. is a very professional sports-driven place, and mm. college football is represented by a lot of schools in the Big Ten that are more college football-based. So... My thing is there's going to be more NIL opportunities in these more college football-based states and programs. So I think that, yeah, you could go play for UCLA, but you're going to make, you know, 500000 where if you come to, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, Nebraska, you might make, you know, upwards of a million. So it's, it's, it's all about money. We all, it, it's a new age in college football. To that point, though, for players that are looking to, you know, get put on the spotlight and, you know, go to the NFL – at what point does a marginal, you know, pay increase? Let's say if you are going to get paid more in Nebraska, but you're going to get more eyes on you at UCLA, USC, where does that value lie? I, I, disagree. I think a lot of uh, both the weather and the eyes on those programs is going to be, you know, innately more valuable. And maybe that's just me, but I feel like that's going to be more valuable for some of these guys that are looking to go to the next level. I think if you compare a UCLA to a Nebraska to eyes on a TV, <laughs> that's they're not even close. Like, yeah, we, we did add them, you know, for their markets yes. and the TV markets. Of course we did. Yeah, I think it'd but, be insane but, to say that they aren't valuable markets. They are valuable I mean, at, to I mean, a TV deal and, and like, you know, big big picture, yes. But there's a reason why they're going to the Big Ten. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. the Pac-12 is dying. A lot of these conferences well, are no, dying. Well, the reason why those two are in particular are coming to the Big Ten is because of the TV market. Yeah. But I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. But I don't think the amount of eyes that you get, even at, even at USC – where sometimes their stadium doesn't even fill up, by the way. Just Not saying. even close. And so I, I don't think the difference in eyes from USC to Nebraska is that much different. Even if USC is more, it's not going to be like significant. Like, oh, my, three extra people saw me play. It's going to be like that. But yeah. but then again, you know? so what? let's say either way, we call it you know, a marginal difference in eyes. Right. Factor in the weather. Well, of 
course. Uh, factor in not living in Lincoln, Nebraska during the shitty weather. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's a huge draw. And I think that's why, like Kyle said, we might see a lot of these, you know, higher tier Nebraska, like Nebraska natives leaving the state to go to these other Big Ten programs where they don't have to deal with the shit. And you well, can win. Else? But there's only two wins. there's only two programs at the moment that don't have to deal with this shit. And that's the two teams from California. Yeah. The rest of them you're dealing with more shit probably moving towards the east. So. Exactly. And so I, I think that's why we're it's gotta be Nebraska. Like they're gonna, they're gonna move. Dude, just towards stop the west. using that, please, right I now. I will not do that. Either either stop make a shirt then. I'll buy it. I'll, I'll wear it. Done. Uh, <laughs> Nebraska shirts coming up soon. <laughs> Nebraska shirts coming next week. Tote bags following. The shut up about the fucking tote bags. I will not the, do that. The weather is not the only thing either. You have to remember who who just went to USC as a head coach? Lincoln. Lincoln. Nebraska. Riley. Lincoln Riley. Listen, right? if if Lincoln Riley, his middle name's Nebraska. I've heard that. If Lincoln Riley does what people think. It's going to be that much harder if Lincoln comes calling. And not Lincoln, Nebraska, Lincoln, Riley, right? So it's going to be that much more of a pull, not just the weather, but the head coach as well. He's like, oh, this dude has a history of winning, et cetera, et cetera. So, hey, good point. But I will also say there's a lot of schools in Texas, and, like, we recruited Texas well. Doesn't mean we can't go into California and pull out the occasional hootie duty, whatever. And one more point on that, too, is – the schools in California have to want to reach out to a guy in Nebraska, Iowa, et cetera, in the Midwest. It's, it's going to take more work Because there's so much more talent in the West Coast, and they have that. Sure. That's their bread and butter. Why, why reach out to players in the Midwest when they don't really need to? They're going to need to, though, because you look at all the Big Ten schools. Where are they recruiting out of? Well, and, Big Ten territory. Yeah. Because you have to, the offensive line, the defensive line, all the guys, all the, the bread and butter things of the Big Ten. You can look, we watched we watched what happened when Scott Frost came in and started recruiting his little his guys from Florida and all this other stuff. And four years, and that's obviously not just the only reason. Right. Sure. Four years we lose, right? But they're quickly going to realize USC and UCLA, they're quickly going to realize that uh <laughs> We need different bodies out here. Uh, totally agree. So, I mean, you look at USC and UCLA, they're running pro-style offenses. Yeah. That, and again, we don't know if Nebraska is going to transition to something like that in the near future. It, it is totally a mystery at the moment, I think, for most of us. However, um, I, if I was UC, or USC and UCLA, I'm going to try and adapt very quickly to, you know, I need a big line. And I need guys that are going to be hard-nosed, like beat the shit out of the guy from across them. And that's what the Big Ten is built around. And I think that's where you're going to see those West Coast schools reaching more into the Midwest to find those big corn-fed boys. Wish Scott Frost did that. Okay. He tried. No, he didn't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just had to throw it in. Okay. So that's going to wrap up kind of our topics for the night. Cool? Yeah. Yep. Now, Mr. John Grady over here in the audience. What's up? Shout out to John Grady. He is one of 350 in the line right now. Can you hear us, John? John! <laughs> okay, so he wanted to he wanted us to touch on Brett Ciancia, who runs Pick Six Previews. Yep, I heard you with your megaphone. Yep. Yeah, he's so far away. <laughs> so he he projected Nebraska to finish second, not first, second in the Big Ten West, not fifth, second in the Big Ten West. Yikes! And thirtieth overall in the nation. Now I think I think what John was trying to get at was. It, maybe that's a little too positive thinking. Perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps just perhaps. a little too positive. Just considering what's happened before. 
Brett Ciancia is expecting a significant turnaround. If you finish second in the West, that probably means that you're winning eight games. Yeah. I Maybe think, nine. I think right? eight would be a minimum to get second in the West. So, I mean, how, how are we thinking about that, guys? You have Brett Ciancia, a national guy. He's not a local dude. Usually, and this is a great, great topic because it's usually the local media that's a little more positive on Nebraska and the national guy saying, screech your brakes a little bit. But now it's the opposite. Two and words. What? Clickbait. Okay. And our and our friend okay. our friend in the crowd, John Grady, fell for the clickbait. You clicked on it, didn't you? Yeah. Good job. <laughs> there is there is a okay. very easy way to get Nebraska fans to react to your content and make you more money. Tell them they're going to be good. Tell them they're going to be good or tell them they're going to be bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. right? Either they're, it has they're to be going to hate issues. you or love you. Yes. Yeah. Mike Farrell told us himself. He said all the time they used to just throw Nebraska's name on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and whatever platforms they're on. Foaming at the mouth. <laughs> literally just for the content click. Yes. They're yep. fucking like Give Nebraska me. fans are rabid. I say Give they. Me. I'm the same way. Yeah. Give me more. We are rabid fans. We know if you give us anything super positive or super negative, you know Nebraska fans are going to be in your mentions within 30 seconds. Feed me. <laughs> if we sat <Yeah>. down, <laughs> if we sat down with him, do you really think that he would speak to that? Like, who, Brett Siancia? Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying. You yeah, he, he really believes it. Yeah. I, Genuinely. I think he would tell you that he fucking lied. <laughs> Maybe. Like, yeah. But listen, he's not alone in thinking the national guys are a little more positive on it because they, they look at the past couple of years and they say, it, just has, it has to flip. It has, it has to flip, right? Yeah. The, the percentages and the has to flip. Yeah. Whereas the local media... Now they're the more negatives, negative ones saying, show me first, et cetera. But now it's flipped this year. So it's not a total surprise. Yeah. But to be fair, if he wanted more clicks, he would have put number one. Big Ten West, number one. No, but Fuck I... Fuck Iowa. I, I think Wisconsin's number, nothing. Nebraska's the best. I think putting Nebraska at GBR. number one... I think putting Nebraska at number one... It's just like yeah, that would be a little. It, it's just a straight lie. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be believable, right? Yeah, he, yeah. He has to temper you, it a you little. You put him near the top, and Nebraska fans are just rock hard They're immediately. <laughs> um, like you put him near the top, and everyone's like, "Oh, yeah. fuck yeah!" Yeah, that you put him at the top, and Nebraska fans are like, "Okay, I don't even believe that." That thump uh, in the table yeah. is not me hitting it. Yeah. Okay, just saying. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, like Mike said, I think you're gonna make it believable. I I still think it's a clickbait thing. Mm. I love it. Uh, I'm I clicked on. I'm gonna lie to myself for the next what we say 39 days. I'm yeah. gonna lie to myself 30, for the next. I'm gonna 39 pay 5.99 days. for that subscription, right? <laughs> no shit. <laughs> that uh, guy says nice things. But I, I like uh, Brett. Yeah. See you I I think saying that we're number two in the West is just an absolute fucking farce. Like that's so insane to say. It's just uh, I mean. And, and, you know, like looking at the national media and stuff, those guys are looking at FBI rankings and all yeah. this other stuff that's coming out. Look, the FBI ranking said that we won nine games last year. And how many did we win? Three. Oh, so the opposite of nine. You guys, yeah. can so you the just... literal opposite. Can so you, Can you just just take, take a deep breath, okay? No. <laughs> it's year five in the Scott Frost era. Year five. And we are looking at a projected second place finish in the West. And we're creaming as, our pants. No, no, no. We're questioning if he even means it. Right. Like, don't you understand how much of a colossal failure this has been? Oh, oh yeah. No, I, I think that's something that's really important to address. Oh. And to, I guess, not address, 
But like for all the Husker fans listening, if you've been watching Husker football over the last, let's call it 10 years, sure. understand your life is pain. Yeah. yeah understand that. All I know is pain. And accept it. And we're, the, we're I, an emo I, song. Again, I think, you know, as we go into this, we've said it a million times over the last, I don't know how many episodes, that this is a very critical year. Accept your life is pain, <laughs> but understand that progress can be made. Connor. And, and expect reasonable progress. Don't get yourself out of your head. Don't expect a nine and three season. Don't expect second in the Big Ten West. Hope and expect improvement. And that's where the fan base needs to be right now. And I think with this coaching change and with all these incredible players like O'Shawn Mathis, Casey Thomas coming in, don't expect anything spectacular. Just hope for improvement. That's how the it doesn't happen overnight. Just win. It sucks because we look at second place in the West in year five as something spectacular. Yeah, it does suck. It does suck, but that's the position we're in. And like you went kind of deep on that. I I like the pain. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we're sitting here keep, talking about it every week. Exactly. Keep, keep them on the staff. I love. I love the pain. Okay. Did did we have? We have one more question. We got one more. From ponderation from Clark Wilms over there. We got a question. Yeah. Give us all of them. <laughs> so a a lovely audience member was questioning the the strength and conditioning of the past six seven years. Right? It goes past Frost. Right. It goes into the Riley era. Like he was questioning whether or not they're they're fit enough to be in the Big Ten. And it could be a a lack of will, right? A lack of, you know, want to, I guess. And I, I would hate to be the one to question a player's effort. I don't want to do that. Um, but I will say, I will, I will push back a little bit. A narrative that you hear is that Nebraska has adapted to the Big Ten physically. They look the part. They look, they're, remember, they're the all-bus team. That's what that's what an assistant coach. And listen, I know you. I'm just saying what I've what I've seen and heard from other people. I'm not an expert by any means. Trust me. I know I look like you, but but I mean, <laughs> shut up. You're TikTok. I'm TikTok. Shut up. TikTok can. Hey, it goes beyond TikTok. I'm more than TikTok. No. Um, but you've you've heard that they're the all bus team. But it's when it comes time to the third quarter, the fourth quarter, we just gotta hang back, and they're gonna do something stupid. And it's all in their heads, not necessarily something physical. Now, that's just what I've seen and heard. Yeah. You guys, if you want to add a tip. Yeah. Okay, so right. four years ago, we played Michigan, right? And we got steamrolled. And Scott Frost stepped out in front of the media and said, yeah, we just absolutely were not. We, we just, we weren't the same size. We, he, no, we weren't ready. Yeah, we were not physically prepared to play a team like Michigan. He said that, that about time. Iowa, too. They're, yeah, they're bigger said, than us or stronger yeah. than us. Yep. So he, he said that, right, four years ago. And I, I don't. Personally, I don't see Nebraska being physically un, like overwhelmed in any of the games. Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa, any of that stuff. It's all these little miscues and all these failures on special teams, all the turnovers, all the it that's what's getting us beat. I don't I, I personally don't see that the strength and conditioning is a real issue right now. It's all the little details that you that you find at Wisconsin and Iowa and Northwestern and realistically everywhere else. So to tag on to what Clark is talking about, Zach Duvall, is he qualified to be a Big Ten Power Five strength coach? Well, probably not. Pro- I don't know. Probably I don't know. not. Okay. Let, let's just let's tag it there first. Is is he qualified? Look at his credentials. I mean, he's a Boyd Epley, you know, lineage guy, right? But but here's the thing. 
it goes back to I think the guys looked apart. We are the all bus team, but it, it goes back to in between the ears when the game's on the line. There is something in the water. There's something in the walls of Memorial Stadium they, or whatever. They drink their own Kool Aid. Yeah, they, like yep. the Iowa game is a perfect example. Last year. One mistake when you still had the lead and somehow the game was over. You knew <laughs> yep. the game was over. It was over. It wasn't a physical thing. We were dominating the, the entire game. Michigan State, we were dominating the entire game dude, and you not still just, lose the game. Dude, dominating is an understatement in that game. Yes. The defense, they had... Frick, God, they're freaking... Frankly, kicked the shit out of them. Dude, yeah. For a, a, a large back, majority of that game. You a, held a Heisman Kenneth, contender. Kenneth Walker, right? Yes. You choke-holded him the yes. whole game and you... Fucking lost. Yes. So I don't think it's a physical thing. It comes down to X's and O's and then the mentality and the culture that exists right now in Nebraska. And on that, you know, they do those anonymous, uh, like ask a coach about your opponents and everything like that. And one, one coach talked about Nebraska and said, well, he's like, look, they come onto the field and you're like, holy shit, we're going to get our, we're going to get steamrolled out here. Cause I mean, they're bigger than us. They're more athletic than us. And then, you just like you said. You just wait for them to lose themselves. You just yeah. wait for them to beat themselves, and that's that's been the story of Nebraska for three years now. If, if I had to describe the recent era of Nebraska football, I could use four words: physically strong, mentally weak. Yep, that's it. I mean, that's that's the team. This is a team that I mean, last year again. I hate to keep beating that drum. Three and nine, ton of close games. But I think it's ding. relevant. The, 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 this was a team that could win. Yeah, thank you for the ding. Um, but I think what ultimately cost us most of those games was just mental weakness. These are guys that are like, physically prepared but not ready to be put under stress. So I and guess... It, yeah, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm no, you're fine. Go uh, on. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, between the ears. Between there. For those of you that could not hear the comment... Um, <laughs> he it, said, Connor, you're right. Yeah, he did say, Connor, yeah, you're make right. Make sure you clarify that, yeah, Connor. I, yeah. I want to be very clear. I take the wins where I get them. Uh, but uh, it is it, it is a mental weakness. These guys are not you know, ill-prepared in the weight room. They are not ill-prepared in practice. But as, as soon as you put them under stress, things just start to crumble. And I think that's really where we need to start to addressing things is – like you said, we, we addressed the Iowa game where we were, in all senses, uh, just beating the shit out of them. And as soon as, like, one, like, I, we'll, we'll call it a relatively large mistake happened. It, it, is. it, is. it was a big mistake. Yeah. Adversity struck. Yeah. And then it snowballed. And then it is just impossible to recover from that mentality, seemingly. And hopefully with this new coaching staff, we, uh, to be nice about it, unfuck it. Yeah. Um, just unfuck that mentality. Uh, but that has been the biggest issue is the mental part of the game. Will they be able to unfuck that mentality, your words, with the same head coach? Or is it the head coach that's the problem? I mean, that's the that's kind of the crux of the question. That's, you can you can change the, the strength coach all you want. I don't see players doing um bicep curls with their with their brains. Yeah, it's all I mean, it's their brains are scrambled. I mean, is that's, what it is. It's not the strength coach. I think it's, I think it's the head coach. I don't know. I don't your, know exactly what it is, but the there's ultimate. something about him that just when it comes to crunch time, when it comes to game management, brains get scrambled, coaches get scrambled, players get scrambled. There's something that's missing. I think that the easiest, and you know, I, I say this as I don't want to shock anybody. I've never coached a D1 program. Weird. Uh, yeah, but. My thought 
would be that, you know, in practice, in these, you know, as we're leading up to games, that we need to be putting these players in more stressful scenarios all the time where you need to understand every goddamn play is win or lose. We, we need to waterboard them. Yeah. <laughs> I've reached out to my buddies at Guantanamo. They are not super in on that on that uh, proposition. We're known as Guantanamo U now. Yeah. G U. Put but, that on the hel- don't put that on the helmet. Put them <laughs> Dude, let's do some CIA ops. Like seriously, you think I'm put them in a in a sensory deprivation tank, whatever you got to do, dude. Yeah. I mean, you need uh, you need to put these guys in stressful situations and do it very consistently to get them like on board with like when you get into a shitty situation where you know you're you're down three with a minute and a half, it's time to do your goddamn job. You you put and, them through something that's just hell hell. So when it comes time for the actual game, you're like, eh, well, this is nothing. What is this? Yeah, this is and this is water off a duck's back. Again, I'm not sitting in on these practices. I'm not sitting in on any of that. So I don't know. But like, I, I feel like that has been an area that we might have lacked in in the last few seasons. Because again, when we get in, when we start facing adversity, the team seems to crumble. So I, I think maybe putting them in a situation where you're you're really forcing pressure all the time might help that. Last comment on that, and I think we can wrap up. You know, your team takes on the identity of your head coach. Mm. Okay. In those close games, Scott Frost has looked more stressed. I mean, he looked very <laughs> disheveled. <laughs> yeah. I just, That's a nice There's not way even to a word for it. it. The farthest thing from confident and winning a game than you can possibly see, and you see it in your players. So going back to that, you know, like I said, your your team takes on the identity of your coach. Until Scott Frost learns how to win games, the team's not going to learn how to win games. They need a break, though. Yeah, that yeah. bald-headed dick in Minnesota seems to be pretty confident, so maybe get some stuff from him. Hey, he has a different face. He has fuck. a different face now. Yeah. Fuck P.J. Flag. Yeah. Hey, he has a diff- he's different now. He's not the same P.J. as before. He has a new face. Yeah, fuck that P.J. too. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> fuck all of them. Listen, I, I'm, I'm not going to die on the fucking P.J. Flag hill. I will. Even though I think he's a good coach. Okay, are we, are we good? Okay. <laughs> Hey, guys, guys in the audience, go to nbnrpodcast.com. You will find past episodes there. You will find merch. You will find merch that Mike is one. God, dude, you look good. Uh, you, look all, you look all right. I'll give it, <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. I was being a little generous. I, I will give you a seven and a half, eight maximum. That's cool. It looks like you. <laughs> that's great. looks yeah. like you've been out with sun a little while. Yeah, you yeah. Look, yeah. 110 heat in Texas. All right. That's, yeah. that's no shit. But guess what? Horns down. Horns down, baby. Don't get it twisted. Augie Garrido is a great coach. He's a GOAT coach. But it's horns down. Right, Brad? Horns Put them down. There it is, Woo! Brad. Put them down, baby. Okay. Yeah. Anywhere you find your podcast, we are there. Spotify, Apple, podcast.com. We're there. Give us a five-star review if you can. Give us a download. Whatever. Please help us out. We need that help. Add us on MySpace. We'll put you in our top 10. <laughs> Go follow our TikTok. Kyle is posting things every day on TikTok. No, Jared is the TikTok king. So and he knows it. You guys, there's nothing left to talk about on TikTok. Let's sign off. I'm one your host, Jared Hall. Kyle Byers. Mike Delaware. And Connor Cavillac. And as always, GBR.